Have you ever wondered how successful architecture, engineering, and construction companies scale their business? Or have you ever wanted guidance on how to get more growth, wealth, and freedom from your AEC company? Well, then you are in luck. Hi, I'm Will Forat. And I'm Justin Nagel, and we're your podcast hosts. We interview successful AEC business leaders to learn how they use people, process, and technology to scale their businesses. So sit back and get ready to learn from the industry's best. This is Building Scale. Hey listeners, it's Will here. Our mission is to help the AEC industry protect itself by making technology easy. If you've ever listened to our show, then you know that the three pillars of scaling a business are people, process, and technology. So if you suspect technology is your weak link, then book a call with us to see where we can help maximize your company's IT and cybersecurity strategy. Just go to buildingscale.net slash help. Today's guest is Christy Weber. She is the founder of the award-winning Christy Weber Landscapes, a full-service landscape provider that has beautified Chicago for over three decades. They've proudly serviced iconic landmarks like Soldier Field, Millennium Park, Navy Pier, as well as residential areas. Evolving from its original name, Christy Weber & Co., in 1994, its brand identity uh, became uh, Christy Weber Landscapes in 97, and the business saw rapid yearly growth in the millions from two to four to six. Uh, For Christy, her business revolves around her dedicated team, a blend of hard work, humility, smart hiring, which we're going to talk a bunch about, and that's really her mantra for success. At 62, with a team of 350 strong and $38 million in revenue, it wouldn't be uh, you wouldn't be surprised to see her personally tending a Chicago landscape or being on a truck or mowing a lawn, because uh, that's just yep. who Christy is. <laughs> From Millennium Park to vacant lots, her passion remains in making Chicago even more p- picturesque and serene than it already is. Christy, we are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being on the show. Pleasure. Can't wait to talk. (laughs) All right. Right. So, Christy, give it to us. What's the origin story? How how did you get into landscaping? How how why do you love Chicago so much? Give it give it all to us. Well, so you know, thirty eight mil. Who told you that was that Evelyn? I think we did about we did, you know, all in. You know, with the other little entities, the store when we add it all up is like probably forty five, forty six. All right. I, well, there I'm corrected. You're you're even bigger and greater than I thought. But all the margin, you know, everything, all the money comes from the mothership. So the landscapes. But you know, it's fun. You know, it keeps us diverse. So I mean, like our we have a little facility where we bring all of our uh, landscape waste, and then we blend that with wood chips, which colors them, and then we call that our you know wood chip blender, whatever. And we use that a lot because it's inexpensive, and we've used our product, you know, our waste to make it. Yeah. So. So anyway, I don't know what, what I moved to Chicago following a woman that uh, was in college. I was in college with, and she, you know, lived down in the Gold Coast, and it just seemed like the right fit. And it was time to get out of Denver. It was 1980. I graduated 1983, college with a gym degree, so I was perfectly in shape to do it all. But I really didn't have much business sense, so you know, just like everybody, I had a pickup truck. I didn't even buy my pickup truck. My mother had to pay for it, and I couldn't even be on the loan because. I had screwed up all my uh, student loans. Um, you know, it was the 80s. So let's just figure that out, what it was. It was Coke. You know, I mean, it was like party city, baby. And, you know, being gay and just, every, it didn't matter if you were gay or not, everybody. But it, that was a rough time, but it was fun at the time. So came here to change my life and changed my life big time. I, you know, 
just that woman left. That woman's gone. I got clean and, you know, just started cutting grass, you know, while I was working other jobs. I had to have other jobs because just like I was talking about your podcast. Yeah. Something joy, but you still got to make a living. So I was, you know, working at for a construction firm, doing some stuff and um, eventually was able to stop doing all that and, and just cut the grass. So it was just funny. You know, my mom would ask me, how's that mowing business? So started up on the North Shore, Glencoe, with a couple uh, dykes that lived up there. And they were great. And they turned me on to all the rest of the women that were up there because they were friends with them. And so, you know, a lot of gals were hiring me just, I think, because I was, I, I went to a party one time in the house where it was like, and this is Christy, she's a lesbian. And I didn't, I, what do I say? You know, it's a whole bunch of yoga moms in the North Shore, you know, like, yeah. My name's Christy Weber, and yeah, I am a lesbian. I didn't know what to say, you know, but I was outed. But I think that was part of it was that it was a new thing for a woman to really be owned and be doing the work. So then, so I, I just, you know, I rode that a little bit. And then also the gay community was awesome. You know, they were like right on. And some of the people that were working, you know, at the city of Chicago were also gay. So they, you know, I feel like they found my card when, I had handed them out at some love, I call them love fest where minorities get together. I think they found it at the dry cleaners and said, hey, Drew, you know, this is cards in your wallet and, or in your jacket. And I got a call from the city and uh, started doing some work or, and got my certification going. So, which I never even knew anything about. You know, I never even knew. You know, it took me until I was in my teens to even think I was a girl. So, you know, I never would, felt like I was any less than. But it sure helped. I got to tell you, that helped. You know, I mean, <laughs> just there was a foot in the door. And uh, you know, I never thought, I, I never even thought, heard things that I know were probably rude to me. But, you know, I just thought if I paid attention that I would you know, get the work. And if I worked hard and they liked me and I did good work, that they it wouldn't matter. And so if I was, a, you know, it didn't really either. So and it actually took off a lot of pressure on construction jobs because we were all looking at the girls. So I didn't hit, you know, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like, you know, so what I'm then, there is definitely so, sexual tension. There's a reason why Walsh won't let women, you know, they can't wear shorts on the job. They can't wear sleeveless shirts. I mean, they just, uh, it's like you guys are a bunch of animals out there. I don't know. We have to dress down just for you. So, so <laughs> but that, is, that was a lot. So you, you had quite the, the beginning story there. What, how, how did. Christy Weber landscapes. When was when were those moments of like like I'm a company now. I'm not just mowing lawns. You know, I got certified. Those things. Like when did it become like wow? Like this is it. Like this is where I I get my my rocket launch. You know, site from. Well, when I won the uh, contract to maintain the United Center, I mean that was the you know I remember calling my mom and you know because Michael Jordan was big then. Yeah. So the United Center was the place, man. It's, yeah. You know, oh, it's like the Hawks place, but. Well, they're all sucked now, but at that time it was Jordan all the way. So I was so proud to just maintain this place. And, you know, Brickman was the name of the company at the time. They're Brightview now, but um, they, I just remember Mr. Wirtz said that if he ever saw a dead side and he pointed at some photograph, overhead photograph, and at that time it had to be a helicopter or a plane. And he said, if I ever see dead side, I'll fire you a minute and bring, you know, Brickman back. And, so I sort of got, a, I had two trucks. I never, I kind of lied about that to them, you know, but I, you know, I lived right down the street. So if I would get a call, I would just drive down to my own car. If I had to stuff the backseat of my car full of branches, because a lot of trees got ran over all the time. 
drag race down the Edison. So a few things would happen down there, but, you know, I just knew that that was my, that was cred. That gave me credibility. You know, that gave me, you know, especially since it was a hot venue. Yeah. I mean, you know, one time I was in um, Mexico and, you know, we were trying to get to the plane and, you know, there we had, at the time we were maintaining O'Hare in Midway and, you know, we forgot that we had to take kids with us. We had all these dishes and stuff and the lady held the plane and she's like, who are you guys? What do you do for O'Hare? And like, I was some commissioner or something. And I'm like, I mow the grass, but they waited. The plane. <laughs> Thank, God. Thank God we had kids. It was like terrible, you know? Gobs of dishes. So, you know, it's been very good for me. I, you know, I think some of it is that I am very involved with the city. I love the city and love working here. I love being here. Um, you know, I just, I'm a country kid, but, you know, it's the closest I can be to country is, you know, and be around people that I, you know, like me, you know, gay. So it's not that we try to segregate ourselves and we just like to be around people we are like. Yeah, no, for sure. So, you get the United Center deal. That's big. One of the things that you had mentioned in, in the pre-interview was uh, hiring smart people and how that was like game changing for you. Like that is a that's a that's a huge piece of the puzzle uh, of the growth for uh, certainly your business. And, and we believe people process technology. It's a big piece for any business. So can you talk about hiring smart people? Yeah, I, I um, well, I knew that, you know, we were we were doing well. But when I saw the you know, motorcade go by for the for the convention, I really had missed the boat because they had just, you know, the cousins were coming. So they totally just re-landscaped and everything on the west side. And so I just had to figure out what was my what was gonna be my next move and how was I gonna, you know, get my name or you know, the United Center helped a lot because it was but it was after the convention. And so I just hired this landscape architect that was working for Ted Wolf and he lived up by the division and I had seen him around and he was gay. And so his boyfriend would call and say, are you going to get him hired? He's so tired of work, but he had worked for a great company. So when he came to my company, you know, I just, I was like a sponge. I mean, I did, I took some classes so that I could do your house, but I couldn't do a big plan or I couldn't even plant a big plan because I really didn't know the language. And so I remember we were drinking Cosmopolitans at the time and just practicing the language because Ted was a tough, tough landscape architect and really a lot of pride in his work. Cause I think he really wanted to be an architect. You know, they always say that, but it was just walking that we learned and we went up there and we did a great job. And so the city, you know, it is low bid, but they also have to know that and trust that you're going to be able to, you know, to perform and to be able to get the job done because they have schools, whatever the job might be, if it's public, especially it's for either an opening or the school year or the library for the kids or, you know, that's just a lot of deadlines to meet. So, but I got my big, big first uh, Amundsen Park uh, construction job with Andrew on my side because he walked with us and Ted liked him and wasn't mad at him for coming with working with me. And, and he stayed on for quite a few years and ended up taking his whole portfolio, what he did with us and what he did with Ted. And he walked, it was a walk-on. I call him a walk-on for Lawrence Halperin, which was one of the biggest, I mean, he was the biggest name in landscape architecture. And that, that made me really, yeah, that's like, you know, when you're, when your employees have children, you're proud of them. You know, you're proud of yourself because you are providing enough work and living a living that your people feel like they can have kids or buy a house or have a baby. I mean, or have a new car. 
or have a couple cars. So, I mean, that's a sign of success too, in my opinion, is that your staff is flourishing and that they're, sometimes it scares me with their big trucks, but, you know, like maybe we are paying them too much, but I never, they say, you know, people say, it's just, I'm proud of it all. So I'm glad that we're doing well, they're doing well, but it's tough. It's tough now. You know, the pandemic really changed the in the workforce. So just people became scared and complacent and it just, it just, it became very tough. And so we're having, we talked about this accountability issue right now. So, and, you know, and when the boss is not around, you know, Evelyn always says, I love it when you're here because people behave and, you know, and it is true. I, you know, I, I wish they always behaved. And what I'm just trying to teach people, if we do follow our processes, you know, we won't have all this drama. We can all make more money and I can pay you more money. You don't have to beg for it. And I don't have to go to the middle class and get more. Let's try to squeeze here first and figure out how to make us smart. You know, let's not lose $5,000 a week. Let's figure out how to shut that tap off so that we don't have to go tap on the middle class again and ask for more money for cutting their lawns. So, I mean, I would encourage all businesses to do that, to look internal, you know, just like you would in your family. You know, when you're yelling at your kid, you know, it's half the time is your problem. So same thing, just looking internally. That's what I just say. If we can figure out how to quit bleeding money in our own company, you know, even then we can go back and ask for more money from our one percenters. But, you know, I just get tired of, of you know, the middle class just really, you know, getting beat up by all the service industry, all of us, you know, the service industry, the, we, you know, they pay their bills, we pay our bills. We, we, you know, we were contributing members of society. So it's just, it's hard to keep looking at your bills and saying, wow, my check didn't go up. So that's what is, my, uh, my little theory on life, but I couldn't <laughs> be where I'm at. I would no way can I be where I'm at. Look, listen to me. Are you kidding me? If I didn't have people behind me or, you know, what I love about Roger, the guy that really made the difference in my company, is he never wanted to be a number one. He was great with the number two. So, you know, he would just prop me up for the bank or prop me up for, you know, when I was tired or, you know, he was just always there. So I felt like I could be free to do what I needed to do, you know. And he does what he, we're the yin and the yang. So it works out great. You, everybody yeah. needs, everybody needs that. Let's talk more about Roger. So he was another one of those hires that, uh, hey, I I need to hire smart people around me to do the things that I'm not great at. Uh, and Roger being uh, one of these people, uh, tell, tell us more about Roger and how he's impacted the, the company. Well, you know, we met in the alley walking dogs. I met his wife first and I thought she was a lesbian. He came rushing out, make sure she I knew who she wasn't. And we <laughs> fast friends, you know, Roger and I did. And every night we would walk the dogs and chase rats and rabbits, you know, whatever would run. And um, you know, see, you can feel like you're in the country by hunting, you know, hunting with your dogs in the alley. So then we just became, you know, yeah, I would always ask him, you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? And, you know, because we definitely, I didn't know. I had no idea. It was not my thing, but I knew I had to pay attention. And he had his own, he was an entrepreneur. He had his own thing going. When it, you know, when, when I hit five, seven million, I just could not get over that. You know, I couldn't get over it. And he would tell great stories about how he had to like say, okay, now you can go change the toilet paper. Christie's gone. And, uh, you know, receipts getting, re I mean, just a lot of process that he knew 
from his business experience that I didn't know. You know, I, I thought, you know, a former, you know, recovering cocaine addict, if I had a hundred dollars in my pocket, I was rich, you know, but he just, he just taught me how to, you know, how to borrow money. That was a big thing. I didn't know. I hated banks, you know, the bank I borrowed for a truck and they put a pre penalty in there on a $15,000 truck. Now, when I look back on it, I think bricks and I told them fuck themselves and I paid it all off and, and I paid another truck off that they owned it. And then all of a sudden in July, I was broken. I had to go back and say, I'm sorry, you know, can you borrow me that money again? But I just didn't know anything about having a line of credit. Then we took on that big green project on the west side to build our own, you know, little haven out there. And that was a whole nother, you know, lesson learned and lesson and just, you know, we could do it. If we can do it, you can. Do it. That's what we just kept saying. If we can do this, any, you know, come on, come with us. So we really want more minorities especially to step you know to be part of this you know i feel like it's the time let's do it now you know there's it's out there it's time and you mentioned the hiring landscape changing like you know you said the pandemic has, has made people a little bit different what you know when you're looking at those differences what what are the challenges you know you know we believe again we believe people are a huge component of scaling a business so you have to have good people uh, getting in place, but it, it's hard when when the hiring landscape is is difficult. So what what are those differences that you're just seeing? Well, a lot of young folks, but they're not really they don't really care. They're just um, you know you have this way that you worked for a long time with the Latino community, and then all of a sudden they aged with me. You know we all aged, and and they brought on their kids, and then other kids, and. We just have a lot of young folks that, but they just don't stick around. You know, I have many people that have worked for me for 25. It's unbelievable, you know, that people have been, we've been together that long. From the labor force to guys that still don't speak English, that I've been to their house in Mexico 30 years, that one guy's worked for me. And now just like his son, on, off, on, off. Just different, you know, why? I just found out that Menards was paying 20 bucks an hour, right? So we started at the minimum wage of 16.75. And believe me, if you show any anything, we'll bring you right in and give you another dollar, you know. But 20 bucks an hour is now, why would I want to go cut grass in the heat? And when I can go to Menards and work for 20 bucks an hour as a, you know, at the register or cutting lumber or whatever, you know, that's that's the big challenge is, you know, at, at and and a lot of undocumented and we won't hire those, you know, I just, can you see it that I'm doing all this, you know, public work. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's hires illegal immigrants. You know, that I seems did. like very much a Chicago headline. Like, I feel like that, that that's for the trip. Oh, like that's totally like front page of the trip. Your, your face, Christy Weber, big thing. Uh, oh, no. So I could totally see oh. that. Well, when you put yourself out there, you can expect that it's going to get you sometimes. So, you know, it's like I said, I'm all out there and it must work for me because I'm 63 and I'm still all out there. And so when you do that, you really, you know, it can bite you and they can twist things around. It's amazing how they can change the whole thing around when they decide they're going to go after you. So I've had that, you know, I mean, for sure. You know, there was a lot of wild stuff. You know, when the money was flowing in the city, I mean, people were just signing their names off on everything. You know, it was Millennium Park. There was there was just construction. We had so many tower cranes. I mean, we were we were like, you know, Austin or 
you know, we were the number one airport. We were, I don't know, you know, things just had changed, you know, stuff changed here. We had a big, you know, a lot of black people left Chicago, you know, just to be safe in another neighborhood because many of the neighborhoods weren't safe where they were living. It was tragic. I mean, it wasn't like white people fled. fled. No, it was mostly African-Americans. And as a city, we just need everybody. You know, we need everybody. I wanted to ask something because you talked about it in our pre-interview. Part of growing, you didn't just grow organically, sort of just on your own. Yeah. You talked to Ida. You did also something else. You did some mergers and acquisitions or acquisitions, right. I think, right? Can you talk right. a little bit about that and what what was challenging? You know, what kind of challenges did you encounter? Well, the first challenge was to say no, because when they started coming in during whatever year, maybe nine, ten, you know, it was to say no, because, you know, in our industry, we all know each other. And so it would be private conversations to just save face. And because they were struggling. And so, but, you know, to say no. So we ended up with that garden center because the guy just begged us. And he's like, 25 cents on the dollar, anything, you know, because he won out. And sadly, he died six months after we took it over. So but mm-hmm. the, we, did a, we did a snow company acquisition. And you, it, all I can say is don't be afraid of it because it's a quick grow, but really know who you're taking on you know, staff-wise, and really understand, are you ready for the service that you think, you know, we took on snow because we hadn't done it. And we had just built the building. We had just gotten ready for our big company. You know, our, the mayor was coming to our party, and it snowed two nights before that, and we lost over 75% of our work that was with Brickman. So, mm. you know, it was, it was like terrible because we did a terrible job. We didn't know what we were doing. We thought we did. You know, we hired probably to it, but we didn't. And so that hurt. That hurt a lot. And so a lot of the acquisitions, you just have to really, if you're going to do it, you got to jump into their client base and you got to be willing to get your hands dirty and get in to know those customers. Because the second one, which was a bigger one, the $14 million uh, company, you know, they were really tight with their HOA people. And so we just let that be. And we shouldn't have. We should have been more involved from our side of the table, you know, and and just and they just ran their business different. It was like oil and vinegar. I mean, they were just all males. We were a lot of women and Hispanics and very, you know, gay friendly. It was just a really very, you know, they were very typical khaki pants, blue shirt. I wore a blue shirt just for you guys. Well, let's say Will's wearing a blue shirt. I'm wearing <laughs> pink though today. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> With my name on it, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, we we were definitely we ran a lot, and I think that's what's hurt us in these last years is we ran by the seat of our pants, and it worked, and we just worked harder, and you know, we or we hired more people, or you know, we just had you know what there for a couple of years, our vendors suffered a lot because we didn't have any cash, so they got dragged out, you know, especially when we do municipal contracts that, like your guy said, sixty to ninety days. If you aren't geared up for that, then you are not going to stay in that world. You're going to have to get out. And that's part of the, you know, our back of the house is probably stronger than the guys in the field doing the work. You know, they just, we know how to do the paperwork. And I don't know how to do federal paperwork and do, could somebody on my staff do it? But nobody showed any interest in it. And I'd rather just stick to doing our own paperwork good than starting anything new. 
Hey everybody, Justin here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As you know, Will and I are business nerds and love talking to leaders who've scaled their businesses using people, process, and technology. If that's something that gets you all jazzed up too, then do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the little bell so you get notified every time we drop a sweet new episode. And if you know somebody who'd be an awesome guest on the show, send them our way. Just go to buildandscale.net slash guest. Now, back to the episode. Is that, you know, we talk about processes a lot. You have obviously figured out working for the city, working for Chicago. Like you figured that is a, that is the sweet spot. That is what you do the best. Well, that I, is why, so why you margin, know. Margins are little, but so I have that, all that residential that packs that up and mm-hmm. the, you know, Wait on your money, but you always get your money. There's no question. You get. You might have to argue a year for a few dollars, but you always get paid. And they really are accepting of a diverse staff where, you know, my customers call and say, don't you ever send that, you know, by my house again, because I think my golf clubs are missing. Yeah, you know, my guys just took them right out to that Mexican golf course on the south side and played with them, you idiot. I mean, I just hate, you know, get, come on. You know, that your golf clubs, can't believe that, but you probably put them in the alley and they did take them then. Yes. You were giving them away. You know, I just, I just amazing that, you know, so the, that the city work is, is it, but you got to do the work, you know, you got to, and you, you got to be smart about it. You can't just jump in the game and think you're going to, you know, like we had given away a line item because they hardly ever used it. But once he figured it out, we bought a lot of that damn line item. So, you know, you feel like you got them because you just won the bid. You put, it was supposed to be a $5, then you put a dollar, you win the bid, and then the guy figures out and makes you use the line item he never used in 100 years. But, you know, we're just seeing a lot of that right now because they're trying to save money. You know, mm-hmm. it just, everybody's trying to save money. Even residential customers are 30 days out, you know, like usually it's like done, pay us. And, but now they're waiting. They just don't want to pay any interest. It's really hurt. You know, I don't know why we can't get out of this. I would like to because I'd like to get back to the old days when it, you know, we couldn't even return the calls. We still have a lot of good stuff. I mean, my Tony just got a $300,000 residential job. $300,000. For a residential? Holy cow. That is some trust. You know, we don't really hit those jobs. Mariani does all that stuff. They usually sneak in and grab all the ones in the city. You know, we're always left with the... But, you know, we, we've made that work. He makes that work. We make what we do work. So, you know, we all have our little niche and we kind of and then we swap games every now and then, especially in the city world. So it's like three contractors and we just keep taking turns. You know, <laughs> like I the merry-go-round, you just go wait your turn and you're there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can't have too much because then they won't give you the one you want because then you'll have too much. And we're scared that they, what they're fearful of is, and they've been burned, is that, you know, we'll get too big for our bridges and then, you know, we'll fall down and not do a good job. So, but the three of us, we, you know, I think we've all settled in sand how it's going to be. You know, I don't like to do all the flowers that the one company does, but I like to do the pick and clean and we fight over some of them. You know, I think they'd all love to have all my lakefront stuff, to be honest. I don't, I tell any of my guys, don't you let one damn Dump truck come down on our sites because you know then you know that guy sits at the board with the wife that's 
you know, likes him. And, you know, there's all kinds of city behind the scenes. And I just, you know, I want us just to be our trucks down there, nobody else. So because they try, they try. They'll get in and do nothing for Larry Garden just to put their trucks up there, you know. So and then then they just they can't make money because they're giving it away. So. Boy, this is a game. This is this is totally a game. Wow, like the inner workings uh, of what this is. This totally is just a game. And and I see and and for those that are listening, like Christy's face is like she gets excited about this. Like you can tell she's like super excited about this. So all pain playing the fair game. You know, I mean, I sat in a bid opening years ago. And I was, I just said, I just put my hand across the table and I said, don't open that bid. I was embarrassed. I said, because obviously these two guys know something I don't know, because I'm about $3 million more than the rest of them. Well, come to find out, they even had erasure marks that were the same. And they all wore bands and went to jail. But it, it, that happened a lot during that time. Absolutely happened a lot. You know, there were just a lot of city people that were not up and up. You know, it, I feel like we all got caught up in it and in trouble. But, you know, they were the ones that kind of put forth the deals. You know, I mean, they, stuff was said to me and I you know, like, why don't you just stay a girl and quit trying to compete against the guys? This what a woman said this to me. And I wish I would have recorded it because it just was unbelievable. She ended up going to jail. Sure did. So we all took turns, you know, hiring her kid. <laughs> so I wasn't the only one. <laughs> Everybody did. Anybody that had that contract had to hire that kid. And that's the kind of shit you hate because he was useless. He needed to just do what he did, games or whatever he did. But, you know, because she was over our contracts, it was a bummer. That, that, oh. I, I hated that. So... Oh. That sounds, I mean, sounds like, I mean, sounds like you could, there was no accountability. There, there was no accountability. So uh, that's. I invited to the right party and bring the right color beer bottles. You know, I was just an idiot, you know, uh, just a, just a hack that came, you know, she actually, this woman said to me, you didn't go under at Millennium Park. We really thought you were going to go under. And I thought, wow, man. Wow. Yeah, I just. You know, I was too, I just was, I was hurt, actually. I was hurt by that. I just thought, what? You know, I just thought women were supposed to be on your team. So, not against you. Well. She had, a, she had another agenda. Believe me, she was in trouble. So, when it came out in the news, I just remember a guy called me and said, "You." he said, you called it? We should have listened to you the whole time. Because I said, no, she's she no good. And I won't have anything to do with her. So, Went to the Dells though a lot. So the Dells, can you believe that? You've oh, persevered. Diamond rings or something, you know. You've the persevered Dells. through crazy things, and all the more success to you. Like that is incredible. I want to know about how city work is different from, let's say, some of the other commercial work that you do. It is treated in our company very different, you know, like it is definitely a different set of guys because it is, you know, it's more factory kind of work. It's really like 
just, you know, just the same thing every day. We call it pick and clean. So you just pick and clean. And then you might get an assignment to go cut back something. or But it's pretty much a, like going to the factory every day. If you know the plants and you've been taught those plants, you really can't screw it up. You know, you just pull out everything else. So, you know, you just take a picture and they all look in a line. We know that's right. And they have drawings for all that stuff. We like the mowing. You know, the, we love the school mowing. Um, we love the plow. We lost our plowing contract. We we did have the school's plow. We just they just rebid it again, and we were thirty or forty percent higher than the next two bids. I I, I I was like, good luck. You know, I just won't give away my snow anymore because it's so easy to get hurt in that business. But it hurt. You know, it was like we lost about one point five million last year to other vendors because they split it up. They say, you know. That was, the snow was good. The mowing is, is not high margin work, but it's it's like factory work, you know. It's really you got the same schools, the same engineers, the same everything, you know. There's the same for houses, but for some reason it's just it's bigger. It's bigger, a lot bigger. Big schools, big, you know, like a whole day of all schools and C dots pick and clean. A lot of just walking up and down medians, blocking off traffic, everybody yelling at you. And if you're black, I just feel sorry for the guys. So many cowards drive by and call them N all the time. Can you believe this? And then drive off. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, and try to hit them. They try to hit my guys. And if you're and if you're doing any work that might be related to a tree, watch out for those union tree guys. They'll run your cones right over. It's very wow. complex. Yeah, because we you know we're kind of the scum because we are union for our construction work, but there is no real union for maintenance. You know, like, there's not really a union. You know, the Sinistas have something, but I'm not going to get in it. I tried it; it didn't work. It was like they couldn't even come on the site because they forgot to bring their hard hats. So that's not a union I want to be. You know, like it was embarrassing. Hmm. But I thought I signed up. You know, there's the union thing here is a whole other issue. So. So you know, be before we get into the union stuff, there's the work and then there's the other work. So the work, you know, the mowing, et cetera. But then there's the work, especially on the city side. You you mentioned paperwork. You want to talk yeah. a little bit about that and how that's different from the commercial? Well, you know, actually, all the commercial construction stuff has just been it's just so lawyered up. And the paperwork is ridiculous there now, too. You know, RFIs and. You know, there are you know, one job we're working on. We felt like it was on the, you know, on the put or the come, one or the other. But you could just see they had packed their whole house for this job and they were driving us crazy. We had, you know, we have one person manager and they have 10 calling us, you know, for like, did you dot that? I, I mean, literally like things like that. And, and, you know, they're under a lot of scrutiny, especially if it's a high profile case. So you have to be, you know, job, you, you know, that's also a real hot button. So they, Paperwork has to be pristine and your all of your, you know, um, you know, in all these big jobs now, like for my schools, I have to have 40 percent MBE. So for every dollar is 40 percent has to go. So every dollar, 40 cents goes to an MBE. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. That'll affect your bottom line. So I can only get 10 percent on an MBE, you know, as a sub. So let's say now if I did four million and almost half of it is sub. That just screws up my margins right there. And a lot of times they, you know, we want them to be good and they can't because they take on too much. And 
but the paperwork, yes. If you, especially different entities are better than others. So some get us paid fast. So we know they can do it. Because then if a new person comes in, then we get paid fast. And then the, another person, it just, but it is the number one killer of small businesses is that, that not getting paid. And they'll pay around bills because they're just like us watching the margins, you know, watching the interest rates. They pay around bills. But, you know, I know people like the gal that runs the state, man, she just got herself right out of debt. But for some reason, she'll be in trouble for that. You know, she paid all her bills. And I love that when she was telling me that. But I just, you know, the city's not been that way. And they have not. It just depends. You know, it depends on the, now we have big problems because new administration. Mm. We've never had four years and then four years and then four years where we had different mayors. So different mayors, different ways of running. You know, I don't even know if I'm in the in crowd right now. I've never, I know the guy from other people, but I've never met him, you know, really. So I just know that I'm going to do a good job. And I'm going to, I usually send the mayor all the sites that we maintain under him or her so that if they get yelled at, they can say, well, I know her and I'll get with her. She told me that she does that. And I, it just gives them some leverage against aldermen that, are upset about something, you know? Yeah. So now, and for listeners that are not Chicagoans, Alderman's like a mini mayor in a different neighborhood right. <laughs> of the city. So you have the mayor, but then you have aldermen across all of Chicago. And I don't know how many there are, but there are a bunch and they have, uh, they have That's enough true. authority to uh, yeah, make a fuss for sure. And yeah, they have enough authority to do a lot of stuff and they have some money. So, you know, I mean, I always, I, I do well with the aldermen because I live in a neighborhood, so I think other people have problems with aldermen because they don't live in the city of Chicago, and our alderman is our spokesperson. And so, you know, when an alderman calls me, I know that they're not just bugging me. They really have a, some one of their people needs help or needs their grass or, or that we didn't do a good job, you know? Yeah. Because we mow a lot of boulevards. So you talked earlier about accountability. And you were telling us a story right before we started recording. And, and I'm hoping you can kind of talk to that. You're starting to like leveraging technology to help with accountability. Do you want oh, to talk a little know, bit about that? Yeah, I just think that the way, you know, in the past it would be, oh, I can't do it. It's the computer. I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, but now, you know, everybody's pretty savvy with the computer. So they and it's not like it's making their life, you know, how computers made your life kind of miserable at first, you know, you had to learn this and do that. I still am computer illiterate. And absolutely, when I couldn't do an Excel spreadsheet if you begged me. Um, I'd have to smash the thing and say, it's wrong. So they can't say that anymore. Now it makes their job easier. But, you know, it's easier now. Oh my gosh, all I have to do this and do that and look at it, it shows us where, well, it shows us now where they're at, this new timekeeping. I just feel like we are leaking all over the company. And when we find a leak and we try to fix it, everybody is such conspiracy driven craziness that unless you have like some camera in their face or some documentation or something, it is a nonstop battle with them of, and to try to hold them accountable. So, be, you know, for a lot of the supervisors who have never been trained to be a supervisor or even account manager, you know, a lot of people have never been trained in management or they don't want to be managers. They don't want to hold people accountable. They just want everybody to have fun and get along. And I used to say that was Roger's motto. 
everybody went to Harvard, everybody's happy, and everybody makes money, but it doesn't work that way, man. So, <laughs> no. but, but when you have this, when you have this, these systems and these processes, I hated process. I hated it. I mean, I just thought, oh, we don't need a process. We're, you know, we know what we're doing, but but man, oh man, when you have a process and a system, and especially timekeeping that shows me that you clocked a guy in and the GPS that's on the time system. I always go back and forth through a bunch of shit because if I do that, I'm going to fire you. That's what I tell people. Tell me the truth. Because if I look at the cameras for GPS and I find your line, you're fired. Right now, I'll write you up. Ready? What do you want to do? <laughs> and they tell the truth because they don't want to be fired. So if I do, and I usually catch them. So, you know, I'll spend hours looking through the films just to catch people. I just feel like this technology is helping them. They're like, wow, this is cool. You know, they get involved. They never cared about our little, you know, meetings about this. But when it's helpful and it makes their job easier where they don't have to fuss around with a computer or come and see the supervisor because they forgot to click a button. It just it's so easy to hold everybody accountable. It's like fences make good neighbors. I, this technology, I'm embracing it. We always have embraced it. But we've never I just it's just come so far so fast we should have done it three years ago everybody got slow during the pandemic and we were all fat and sassy because we got the money we all got the money and we all didn't talk about the money but we got the money so i remember we were like whispering about our ppp money what'd you get what you get? don't tell anybody don't talk about it and it helped so much for two years and then all of a sudden we were like bam on our own again and we hadn't borrowed for two years and now we had payroll hitting us after a bad snow year. You know, we were down in sales. We went, we started in a hole of 1.3 mil, right in the hole immediately in spring. And spring came like, bam, right then. You know, we had no snow, no money. And it, it was, you know, it, it's been tough. It's been a tough spring and year. And these little ways of holding people accountable is just, I think, relieving to a lot of my supervisors, a lot of my staff. Like, well, I know if I do this, I'm going to fucking get caught because they're going to catch me. Either it's on the cameras, it's on the GPS. Why bother? You know, like driving home two miles an hour. Do you know how annoying that is to me and all my friends that you're behind a dump truck that's going two miles an hour so they can eat out three more minutes on the clock? You know what I mean? Crazy stuff. Or driving down one road because the girls are hotter there than the girls on another road. But it cost me a lot. Now we can see all that. We could see it on GPS, but we had to know about it. Like, are they screwing us? Or we had to just be kind of casually looking at it. Or you just had to spot check, which people don't want to, because if they find something, they might have to act on it. And so I just think now with all of us on GPS, all of us under the same process with this timekeeping, there's no more arguing about it. There's no drama. There's no, he said, my mama, I was late because of bus. Nothing, you know, I mean, it's done. You're late. It's here. So it really I feel like it relieves them and it helps us a ton to be able to do the things we like, like design, talking to customers. Kind of forgot we do that. You know, working on the job, doing things on the job. You know, a lot of people got into this because we like what we do. Landscaping. You know, we don't like doing the paperwork. You know, I don't like I want to landscape. So any way that paperwork is easier, it's easier for us to get the information and do the right billing, 
I mean, think about that. How much isn't getting built? I, I can't, I don't even want to think about it. Let's not think about it. We made a lot of money and now it just keeps dwindling. Our, mar you know, our profits. The any money that I would have to write it, you know, we always put in budget for a bonus. But in the end, if it's like we didn't make any money, we usually try to turn that in to make the company look a little profitable. You know, and people have to believe numbers, too. And that's hard, too. People don't believe anything anymore. So don't lie. I, I love your one. I love all your stories. That's first. Most <laughs> of them are so real raw, inspiring, all of those things. So thank you so much for all of those. You, The way that you're explaining how a technology actually paints the picture for a better existence is beautiful. I almost want to, I need to steal it to, to, to utilize for just marketing in general. Like it's, well, I it's don't a perfect explanation of, of how technology can yeah. be a magnifier, not just for the, the profit and all those things, but actually, hey, you get to do the shit you want. Like yeah. you get to do more of that shit that you, you yeah. signed up to work here to do, which guess, is the thing. Or guess what? We might, you don't have to beg for that raise and we don't yeah. have to the cost of living or we mm. don't have to pretend that we know what we're doing, giving you a bonus or a raise. We just want you to be here. A lot yeah. of the raises this year were just like, I just remember looking at one guy and I'm like, I love him. I, you know, he's been with me years. I'm like, if you think this is what it's going to take, let, I mean, my people are being headhunted. I mean, all of us are. Not me, but, you know, even Roger's getting headhunted. So, I mean, we're not only getting headhunted, you know, we have all these, you know, finance guys trying to buy the company all the time. So, you know, they're going to be, all I can say is that it really, that technology and this stuff just takes all that burden of having to chase down that 90% of your staff is fabulous. 10% waste 90% of your time. And if we can reduce that, just in this dilemma this last week, you know, I said, I, you know, I just come in and I can see brightest stars of what's going on and send the guy and we figured it all out. But it took like the time of Jasmine, the time of Denise, the time of Mel, my time, just to sort it all out. What a waste of time if you just did your job. If you just did your job, and we all did our job, and I didn't screw up too, I would promise not to screw up too. I screw up in big dollars. If we all just did our job, we could make more money, and I'll pay you more money. I really want to pay all my guys $25 an hour and just say they'll be there. They'll It'll be square. We'll pay, the, you know, we'll pay $25 to the best guys. They'll do more work for that money because they want that money. And my guys say no. They will not do it. So... We'll just keep dragging around that 10%. Here they come. You know, they're a number. They're a body. Yeah. Other than I, it, you are, you are very, very refreshing. I, 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 I'm, I'm gushing over you a little bit, Christy. Um, you're just oh. so real. Like you're so real. Like this is just the real shit of business. Like this is it. Like you, that's, this is how it works. It is that simple one. We had a rough time, and when the bank almost came in and did a, brought in a fucking turnaround guy, I, I said, because we had just gotten this new operating system, so Raj wasn't paying attention to his world. I wasn't paying attention to production, but I walked outside, and I knew our revenue, our green money was down, and every damn truck in the lot was out, every truck. And I know right off the bat, we aren't doing that much. So they're all gathered around, each in a truck. 
So that was a whole year to break that habit. Like, well, we bring that truck because this one breaks down all the time. So we just bring this as a backup. You know, these damn things get three miles to the gallon. You know, that's expensive. Plus, you know, yeah. add to the store, you know, they, they're individual. And then somebody was like, well, we need more pickup trucks. I mean, I, I just, I, amazing how quickly your money can go on, on equipment. Um, but you got to plan for that. That's another stressful thing at 63. Do I really want to just keep going at the struggle, you know, of getting the money and having cap expense and renewing my equipment, even though they fuck it up all the time and it's their fucking fault. Why do I keep buying it for them? But I have to, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to, I want this business to continue and if whatever happens, should it go to ESOP or whatever, I want to present this great company and that I have been smart and that I would be, you know, but I don't want to work for you. I just want to go away. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, all I right, we got we got one more question for you, Christy. Uh, you have been fabulous, but we want to know. So if, if you can go back 20 years and tell yourself some, give yourself some advice. I've been 2003. What would you go back and tell yourself? Wow. Hmm. Well, I would buy certain equipment sooner for sure. You know, I would have bought a Bobcat way sooner than I did. That was a lot. I think that's the biggest thing that I see now is that my physical is it's rough from working so many years in the field. And I keep telling the young guys in their forties, go down, just try to, let me get, uh, sent to voicemail. Never done that. So, um, uh, just, I just try to tell like the guys I really love, like get off the wheelbarrow, you know, start to learn how to be a manager. Cause you know, you always think I never want to be that. I like the work. I'm going to do the work and it, I'm paying the price for it. You know, I just, Wish I would have you know, taken a little backseat to the, the 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 physicalness of it, or bought the right equipment. I think I made some big mistakes, like you know, certain uh, yeah, just find you know, like bought too many trucks, didn't really analyze before. We're just I feel like after thirty three years, we're just now figuring this out. You know that we need to kind of an we we do analyze it, but it's more again by the seat of the pants. And the reason why that's another reason why I think I'm at fault at now with making money is that a, a 44 million dollar company can't operate by the seat of its pants anymore. And it's really been hard for me to to do that or to close my door. So that's part of it's closing my door and not letting everybody come in from you know my dog up. So you know it just close your door. You you have to sign these checks or whatever I had to do, you know, on my desk. I hate my desk, but I, you know, I try to avoid it, but I just, you know, just close your door and not, otherwise I think I've had a blast. I just, you know, there's been some really rough years where I just looked at, you know, when we went down and that turnaround guy came in, I just said to Roger, I'm not going to be a broke ass dyke at 55 years old. What the fuck am I going to do? I've been a boss. Nobody will hire me. They know I have a big mouth. So, yeah, what am I going to do? So I worked my ass off because there was no way I was going to be broke. And I remember Jenny even was like, what can I do to help? I don't want to be broke either. So, I mean, we, you know, we were like, we were all felt that way. Like, what happened? How did we let ourselves get, you know, it's sort of like when you look at yourself and you're fat. Like, how did this happen? Why didn't you tell me, honey? I'm fat. 
<laughs> I, I've said that to my wife before. Like, why? Did, oh, how did you marry this? What? How did you do oh, this? Why didn't you I, let I, me know? I said it to your wife. I've done that, but I'm a chick, and I still don't do that. I don't. I can't do that. No. We're all. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. That's great advice. Uh, thank you so much uh, to all our listeners. If you want to get a hold of uh, Christy or know more about Christy, Weber Landscapes, uh, we're going to throw all that stuff into the show notes for you, uh, all their social media, their website. Um, and, uh, and I want to come up. I've had people from all over the world stay at the house. You know, I have a big girl's house now, so I can house people. So you know, I had some guys from Minnesota that drank black label all night. I mean, they stunk the car up from drinking it, but they had a black, <laughs> you know, they got to see all our work and do this. And I mean, I've had quite a few people just come here just to hang out and see like what not to do, I guess, for what to do. So it's uh, that's, that's awesome. Well, then also the invitation to the, the Christy Weber house is also there. So uh, that's that's amazing. Um, I have so two kids, two kids now, so you just have to bear with that. Yeah. So. so behave yourself, uh, future visitors. All right. Yeah. Well, to all our listeners, I hope you had an amazing time because we know we did, and Christy is awesome. Uh, so until next time, adios. Adios. Make some money. Woo! Thanks for listening to Building Scale to help us reach even more people. Please share this episode with a friend, a colleague, or on social media. Remember, the three pillars of scaling a business are people, process, and technology. And our mission is to help the AEC industry protect itself by making technology easy. So if you think your company's technology pillar could use some improvement, book a call with us to see how we can help maximize your IT and cybersecurity strategy. Just go to buildingscale.net slash help. And until next time, keep, keep building, building scale. scale.